Hello and welcome to the first episode of Character Sheets. I'm your host, Jared Chulista. And I'm Gavin Carter. And today we're going to talk about Netflix. We're going to talk about Rise of Skywalker. We're going to talk about games of the past decade. And then we're going to argue for a little bit. We hope you enjoy. It is, you know, we're, we're wrapping up this decade. We are wrapped up in the decade. And, you know, the, tw- the 2010s arguably were the best decade for gaming. I mean, it just... We've come so far. We have so much further to go. But within the last 10 years, I mean, look at everything that has come out, just the improvements in all the games that we've had. Not just games, movies, music, uh, even books and comics have just skyrocketed. Right. It's almost like, I mean, of course, we weren't alive during this. But when all of this stuff was coming out, I mean, when our parents were really into it, it, it almost feels kind of like a renaissance of of sorts. You know, I mean, hell yeah, all of all of these things are becoming so much more um, followed. I mean, we have Marvel movies are a b- b- billion dollar industry. You know, I mean, back in back in like the 2000s, I mean, Spider-Man did well, but I don't think that you could have had the same market. I mean, I, I think that in, in the 2010s, it really is kind of the reformation of all of these things that are coming out. Oh, yeah. And I mean, for Marvel, it all started with one man, and it was an underdog, right? The character. underdog, yeah, the, yeah. The biggest biggest failure of the comics was Iron Man, and yeah. two thousand eight. Look at that. So, talking about video games for a bit, what in the past ten years do you think is the best video the best video game to come out? Not necessarily your your favorite, but the best video game hmm the the best video game to come out in in all the 2010s yeah that's a tough one because you you've got a lot of ground to cover um and i think it could even be debated as we could go by system by which console had the game um right what do you think there well, I think for PlayStation, the biggest hit of the 2010s was The Last of Us, a post-apocalyptic genre zombie game that really redefined that genre of zombie horror and created more of a thriller drama storytelling aspect where you live the lives of these two characters, Ellie and Joel. And the relationship that that sparks between them is both incredibly heartbreaking, but also incredibly exhilarating. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, the, I think the biggest uh, Xbox release was Gears 5, the return of the Gears of War franchise. Yeah. So do you think that, I mean, we're going to have new consoles 2020, which, I mean, what better way to start a new decade? Than oh, yeah. Brand new consoles holiday season. But... Mm. Do you think that, I mean, towards the end, Xbox started to have some pretty killer games. Do you think that they're going to kind of use that to catapult even past PlayStation? Well, I think what happened is I think Microsoft learned that PlayStation made double, maybe even triple the sales that they did due to the exclusives that they had going on. Because you can't find half half of the games for PlayStation on any other console. 
And yep. Xbox definitely beat PlayStation with the backwards compatibility. Um, so you could play all your favorites from the Xbox 360. Right. On the, but where the I think Yeah, I yeah, I I think you're right. I think that the key if Xbox ever wants to, you know, um succeed PlayStation like, you know, become more successful than them is they've got they're kind of marketing the wrong things. They're marketing the things that PC players care about like you know they're marketing about the most powerful console we have the most powerful console but the people who actually care about that are just going to play pc games right so 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 in order for xbox to achieve a new level of success all they got to do is prioritize the games that they come out with which they could yeah i mean they they could they should (laughs) but they they really should that's what PlayStation did last um, console generation, mm. you know, the current one. And mm. I mean, look, it worked out for them. Ah, oh, game of the year, game of the year, game of the year, game of the year. Yeah. Year after year. But I've got um, Metacritic pulled up here and I, I think it would be fun to hear you guess the top five games in order that Metacritic gave out the top oh. five games of the decade. Okay. Top. I'm, based on this yeah yeah you can start at one that'll be easier all right all right all right i'll tell you what i'll give you a hint i'll give you uh the console came out on and the year okay okay so number five was the switch game in 2017 2017 Mm -hmm. that, that must be breath of the wild all right the next one is playstation 4 in 2014 2014 2014 well let's see uh nathan drake's final installment uncharted 4 came out i think in 2014 right is that been is that your that's my guess i'm gonna say okay Uh, Okay. i'm gonna be wrong and if i am please humiliate me because that's that's the only (laughs) way i'll learn uh but okay just to specify you're talking about uncharted 4 at thief's end Yes, correct. Uh, the number three is PlayStation 4, 2018. And the thing I'm noticing is that um, like they're not... The, the Switch one obviously was console exclusive, but these two are not console exclusive. They just say PlayStation 4. Oh, okay. So, okay, so they just say PlayStation 4. That's where they made the biggest sales. Probably. Okay, okay. So then, well, the Uncharted one is, since it's not exclusive, I'll leave that one there just because I've already guessed it. Um, right. Well, then. So you're guessing number three, multiple number consoles, 2018. Red Dead Redemption 2. All right. And then number two, Switch, 2017. 2017, Mario Odyssey. All right. And then. Number one, Wii, 2010. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> hey, man. I, it's not my list. <laughs> um, Just Dance. You think Just Dance 2010 is the highest rated Metacritic game of the decade? For the Wii? 
I'm surprised the Wii made it on this top five. All right. All right. All right. I mean, locked in. You're locked in. I. That's fine. I hope to be All wrong. Right. Okay. So, uh, number five was Super Mario Odyssey. Okay, that one was Odyssey? Yeah. Number four well, I got one of them Grand- right. <laughs> yeah, but it was in the wrong spot. I, you should still count it. Well, no. <laughs> ref. Ref. No. Well, okay. Hold on. Let me list, and then, and then you can uh, state your claim. Okay. All right. Number four, Grand Theft Auto V. Number three. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, number the two. one I got right. Yeah, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. So you switched those two. You switched Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. Okay. And number one, Super Mario Galaxy Two. Super Mario Galaxy Two. Yes, sir. And then I, I'll just list out the top ten. So number six was Mass Effect Two. Mm. Number seven, Elder Scrolls Five: Skyrim. Mm. Uh, number eight, The Last of Us. So there you mm. go. Yes. And then nine. This is kind of cheating, but it says The Last of Us Remastered. I mean, it is different. So, but we can talk about that um, in a minute. But it's like okay, whatever. And then number ten is Red Dead Redemption, the original, the OG. Yeah, the, the original, and that that's the top ten. So okay. how so how can they put Last of Us? Uh, you know, the original and then remastered so, as two different games. The The reason why it's two different games is because you have The Last of Us, right? Which they don't make anymore. They don't make The Last of Us by itself anymore. Right. Um, the Last of Us was its own game. And then a few months later, about half a year later, they had uh, a DLC sequel or a prequel. Uh, and it was called Left Behind. The Last of Us Left Behind. And then when the PlayStation 4 came out, they had The Last of Us Remastered, which already included the DLC for those of you who had not played it. So it and pretty much it pretty much just like came with the season pass if we're talking 2019 terms. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It came with everything. Um, and everything was you had the online multiplayer, you had uh, you had a service pack for the multiplayer, and then you had the DLC along with the story mode and a new type of difficulty called um, Grounded New Game Plus. Granted, Grounded was already there before, and New Game Plus was already a thing as well, but now you can combine the two, which was pretty great. Okay, well, I, I wouldn't count it as a new game entirely, but okay, whatever. I mean, uh, hey, I didn't make it. Yeah. I mean, Metacritic kind of, you know, I don't always agree with Metacritic. But, I mean, they are reputable, so I guess take it with a grain of salt. Because I'm looking at the other games here, and, I mean, there's some games on here that I don't think should be on here. On the top 10 list? No, 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 on the, just, like, they have top 50. But I guess they're just going by raw score. That's That's what they're doing. They're just going by the score that they gave them. They're not ranking them like this one is better than this one. I mean, they kind of are, but I mean, in my opinion, the, the Nintendo game that we should really be highlighting for the, the 2010s 
is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That game I mean, that is number that is number two. And yeah, that game is fantastic. I mean, we're sitting here at the beginning of 2020, you know, two, three, yeah, three years after Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah. And Switch has not done anything as massive as Breath of the Wild yet. Well, that I mean, could be argued with uh, the coming well, up Pokemon Sword and Shield, because that's an RPG in itself. And Pokemon as an RPG? What? What is this? Right, but... Right, but Breath of the Wild was so much better than Pokemon Sword and whoa. Shield. I mean... Oh, whoa. <laughs> it is. No, hang on. Let me let me take a second to compose myself. Pokemon is the top selling franchise, bar none, of all time. I mean, all the games, all the movies, all the TV shows, all the merchandise. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know where the list is, but I mean, I heard it. They they are they are the top by, I mean, billions of dollars. I just need Game Freak to get their crap together so I can have my Bulbasaur be in the new game. That's what I wanted, and that's what I didn't get. Yeah. Well, moving on. <laughs> I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear Gavin <laughs> bitch anymore about how he didn't get this one Pokemon out of eight hundred and seven. Yeah, because you know what? I don't care about Pokemon. Sorry, I don't. You never played a real Pokemon game. I played. I played red and blue. Okay, so you played the original Pokemon games, but <laughs> here's the here's the thing, okay? I don't think those should have been your first Pokemon game. Because when They're did you when did you play that? They were first for an entire generation. Sure, but when did you play red and blue? Oh gosh. Because Seven if you're years like ago. I'm sorry, what? 7 years ago? Seven years ago. Yeah, that shouldn't have been your first Pokemon game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not a big Pokemon fan, so I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Might as well start with the original. Sad Because you know what? All the games they come out with are pretty much just like a reskin of Red and Blue. Uh, Excuse you. Pretty much. I I will pardon you this time. (laughs) You get two. So we have down that we're going to talk about uh, Rise of Skywalker. And I haven't seen it yet. Ooh. So without without spoilers, can you tell me how good is this movie, and where does it where does it compare to uh, the other the other Star Wars movies? All right. So first, let me start off with saying this. Okay. And this is this is a personal opinion of advice I give to you, Jared. All right. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. Take tissues. Kleenex, whatever you need, because you're gonna need them. And and it's not just for reasons you think or reasons you think you might need them for. It's it's a whole new ballpark. Um, my first good sign is, and I I tend I I do my best not to look at these. The review that I saw for the movie, based by critics, was a fifty six. Yeah, fi- that's what I've been 56% hearing. 56% critic rating. But here's the thing. The last time critics rated a movie 
uh, a Star Wars movie that low was The Phantom Menace. And you know what? That's my favorite one. Out of all the movies. Yes, because that's the first one that I got to see in theaters as a kid. My dad, my uncle, my mom, they all saw the original trilogy when they came out. I, I didn't get to see the original trilogy. So when I walked into the movie theater with my dad and my uncle in 1999 to see that was a big deal for me. That was like, oh my god, this is this is my this is my movie. I I get my own Star Wars movie. That's why it's my favorite. I know you don't you, like it. And but you you maintain that Phantom Menace is my favorite. The, like in, in your opinion, the best Star Wars movie. Oh, no, 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 no. The best Star Wars movie, in my opinion, is The Empire Strikes Back. My favorite okay. Star Wars movie that I could watch on repeat for the rest of my life is The Phantom Menace. You just love you some pod racing, huh? I love me the Duel of Fates. See, I, I could watch Duel of Fates on repeat. I could do that. But I, I couldn't hear Anakin calling Padme an angel over and over and over again. I couldn't do that. They come from the moons of Diego, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, so, but back to how good is Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Well, so the critic score gave it a 56. Okay. Low, very low, not a good sign. Very low. The audience score was like a 76. That's a 20% increase. Yeah, that is a good sign. The audience liked it more than the critics because, well, I wouldn't say I, okay. I wouldn't say the audience loved it. They gave it an average. They gave it a C plus. Okay, so do you remember what the last Jedi got as an audience score? No, the audience score for the last Jedi was a sixty one. Ah, the critic score okay. was an eighty five. Okay. I mean, so so in your opinion, Rise mm. of Skywalker is better than the other two sequels. Yes, I will say that because um, my opinion was the same when it first started, when the sequel started was, you know, if J.J. Abrams directs all three of these movies, we will have a really great solid trilogy because George Lucas, you know, directed the prequels. And although they're not the best, they're they are good. And the original trilogy wrote they came from his brain. They're phenomenal. I I feel like yeah. when you have one mind that has you know the vision of where to go, and that's a true Star Wars fan, you can you can really roll with it. And JJ Abrams is one of the biggest yeah. Star Wars nerds out there. So so that kind of segues into something else I want to talk about. The future of Star Wars. So we kind of know some things that are going to be coming out. I mean, obviously, I mean, you've seen the last episode of The Mandalorian, right? Oh, my God. Gosh, so good. The Darksaber? What the heck? Oh, you. Oh, that's right. You didn't watch Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. Right. But but I know about it. I've done research. I've watched the episodes that it comes up in. So you so you know the context of how important that saber is. No, I, I knew about it. I knew about it, and then I saw um, uh, 
Moff Gideon like cutting the TIE fighter with it. I'm like, I need to know what that is. So I so I figured out what episodes it the Darksaber it talked about it, and then I went and watched those. Smart. So so yeah, so obviously we're going to get a Mandalorian season two. And mm-hmm. we're gonna get the we're gonna get the Kenobi series, which yes, super hyped about. But as far as movies go, and you know, more TV shows that we can kind of elaborate on. What do you think that? What do you think? Lucas Films and Disney. What do you think they're going to do? And what do you think they should do? Because those are very <laughs> different things. <laughs> well. What I think, let's start with what I what we believe that they're going to do, because right. has already stated that after this movie, there's going to be a pause. That there won't right. be any I mean, Star Wars movies for a while. Right. Naturally. Naturally, which is, to me, a little bit of a bummer. But to be fair, you know, we've spent um, almost a decade in between you know, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. And then we spent almost, almost another decade worth in between the prequels and the sequels. So yeah, it's, we're accustomed to waiting a long period of time for trilogies of star Wars, but then they came out with the, you know, the, the solo movie and rogue one and how they're, So we have that possibility into looking into other side stories. And people could be happy and pop Boba Fett movie that they've always wanted. I don't think it'll happen, Boba Fett personally. But we could I, Yeah, I don't think so either because we have the Mandalorian. I think that I think that Boba Fett, he might show up in the Mandalorian. Like, okay, so my theory on who finds remember that assassin that they uh, that the young kid like tried to kill and then at the very at the very end that caped figure went and like showed up yes so my theory is that that is boba fett oh so your theory that boba fett is tracking the mandalorian I, I don't know I don't know if he's tracking Mandalorian, but I do think that that's him. Because I, I do want to remind you that the Mandalorian happens six years after Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, I know. I think I think Boba Fett was in the Sarlacc pit, and and he was like hating his life, and then somehow he got out, and now he's like on a vendetta. I mean, sure. But that just means that Boba Fett will end up dead sooner or later if he did survive. Hundred percent. He yeah, he yeah, no, he's gonna die. But I do think that he's gonna show up. So it's your belief that he's definitely alive. Uh I I would say eighty seven percent. Eighty seven percent. That's high. He's he yeah, he's too he in Star Wars, like Star Wars fan. Star Wars fan groups, he's too big of a deal to not be alive. Okay, sure. Um, I can bring out some other characters that were a really big deal when they first debuted on screen and show you their lifespan if well, you want to go down that I, route. And I will also argue that every one of 
nobody's death is really their death. I don't know. Count Dooku. May I, may I point to Darth Maul as an example? Sure, you can point to Darth Maul. Darth Maul would be happy for you to point at him because he survived the sequel trilogy, the the prequel trilogy, the Clone Wars, the Rebels TV show, and Solo. Well, no, he he got killed by Obi Wan, and was it Rebels? Star Wars Rebels. Rebels. Okay, yeah. He had like almost an entire season. So that's when I say he survived. Gotcha. He died. He survived. To make it through that, yeah, um, yeah. Darth Maul had the dark saber at one point. Yes, ruler of Mandalore. Yep, yep. and then Darth Sidious was like, "Nah, don't think so." Yeah, but that didn't matter because Death Watch broke him out of Stygian Prime Prison anyway, and then he went yeah, back it, to Mandalore. It, it, anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, I'll uh, go history on you. The, uh, I think that. TV shows are going to rule probably about the next six or seven years for Star Wars. I think that they're really going to hit it hard with these TV shows. Which is totally cool with me. I I love The Mandalorian. The Clone Wars has been successful. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy The Mandalorian way better than, way more than I enjoy the, uh, the sequels. I mean, it's probably because you, you have more affinity and nostalgia toward it well i also think that it's kind of a return back to the roots of what star wars is oh which is a pretty nature yeah yeah exactly i mean it's a western i know it's it's uh we're going back to the the stagecoach kind of thing yeah so that's what i think is going to happen for Probably young to know what stagecoach is. I I know what stagecoach is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we can we can skip the next one. Uh, I want to talk about kind of segue into Netflix and mm. you know not not just Netflix but other streaming services. I mean, we can point at Disney Plus too, but using these video game and other cultural icons as taking taking pop culture and turning it into entertainment yeah and these these kind of more long-form tv shows that are really good and really well produced i mean the the witcher just came out and people love it i i think it's bringing a new audience to to these uh games i mean uh, for me it's not just the games for the witcher because he's also got the books Right. And, you know, there's just a lot of pop culture out there that people don't realize <clears throat> when you have a streaming service, Netflix, Disney Plus, ABC, Hulu, and others like them that find these little nuggets of pure genius because of some author or some comic writer. Right. You, you get this tremendous outcome. I mean, yeah, The Witcher is a massive success. And Henry Cavill, perfect Geralt, an absolutely perfect Geralt. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he's really good. And um, I mean, the thing I want to point out is how many people are now streaming 
Witcher 3 on Twitch because oh. of this TV show. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many people that are like, oh, I didn't know what, what The Witcher was, but now I do. It's a beautiful game all around. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. And, and, you know, it's revolutionizing too the way we see fantasy and sci-fi and all these other right. genres that were once a book or a video game come to life. Right. And especially like an RPG like The Witcher. I mean, when you're playing it, you really kind of get to decide who your Geralt is. You know, you get to decide. Right. Is, you know, he, like, the kind, is he the kind, caring Witcher or is he the dark, brooding Witcher? Or perhaps right. he's the one who doesn't give a damn. Right. And then you watch the TV show and you're like, oh, that's Henry Cat. That that's his witcher. That's his witcher. Yeah. So, I and I also wanted to ask you, what do you think is going to be, like, what would you like to see become one of those long form Netflix TV shows out of the video games that we've gotten in the past decade? Well, you know, shoot, I think, I think The Witcher could be the new Game of Thrones. Oh, you think so? Oh, I think it, I think it could definitely be the next big Game of Thrones, because you know, HBO they've got their blood and wine and uh, uh, Iron Throne stuff that they're the different projects that they've got going on, but I just don't think that they will match up to what Game of Thrones was. Yeah, but I but I think The Witcher tagged in on where game of thrones left off creating bringing into light a new world a new mm-hmm. perspective of fantasy and danger and it's marvelous yeah it's absolutely splendid just to watch Geralt kick some ass and just be like i'm so glad i don't have to hold a controller and worry about blocking right now right you just get to you just get to watch it you don't I have to thrill. Right, exactly. I I think that if I'm going to watch a TV show based on a video game that I've played in the past decade, I would really like a Horizon Zero Dawn TV show. I think that that would be really good. I think that would only work as a TV show. I don't think it could yeah. work anyway else. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's not it's not a movie. It's not a Excuse me. It's not a movie. No. But it's you know what? You know what video game is still in the works to being a movie? Uncharted. That? Yeah, that would be a good one. Well, and you've they, got uh Nathan Fillion who I mean Nope. Is Nathan Who who nope. would it be? Well, they who already are they gonna, so, I guess who, you have kind of No, I haven't. Who's who are they going to cast besides Nathan Fillion? So Uncharted uh, is in the works right now. It is in pre-production. Sony has taken it upon themselves to already pick out who was going to be their Nathan Drake. And that's Tom Holland. Oh, well. I Okay. <laughs> I have no problem oh. with this because... Instead of older Nathan Drake, we're getting younger Nathan Drake. We're getting the in-between um, Drake's fortune and 
so this is the time where he and Sam are still relatively close. And where he met Sully and where they're working together as a team, you know, I want to know that story anyway. We didn't get very much of that in between at all. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a good point. I don't know. I mean, have you seen the Irishman? Oh, so good. Oh, so good. I mean, they did anti-aging stuff on on them. I mean, they could do it to Nathan Fillion, make him look like he's, you know, early 20s. Nathan Fillion isn't that old. Right. He's he's really not. He could do a wonderful Nathan Drake. The thing is, I I think what they were trying to do is that they want to start somewhere earlier on for a new audience. Because, you know, yeah. Well, that's true. And that that kind of goes into what we're talking about with so many new fans tuning into The Witcher. Right. So, how do you, how else do you do that? How else do you get people to come from the video game world into your streaming services or to watch their movies or TV shows? Build them. Build yeah. them back from ground zero. Find a new story that we haven't talked about before. Right. Right. If there was a video also, game that I Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm going to I was going to talk about something else. All right. Uh if there was a video game that I wanted to turn into a TV show or a movie. For me personally, I'd love to see Assassin's Creed rebooted. Because, really? well, okay, so unpopular opinion. I loved the movie with um, what's his face? You can't even remember his name. I'll look it up. You know what? I it's it's so bad of me. I can never remember <laughs> the actor's name. And no matter what movie he's in, because he's played Steve Jobs, he's played my uh, Magneto. I he, he's a great actor, but for the life of me, his name eludes my brain every time. What's the verdict, boss? Keep on talking about it. I'm I'm looking. So the thing is, okay. So go Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Oh my god, I feel so bad. Uh, Michael Fassbender. It's very unlikely that you're listening to this, but I want to take this time to apologize to you personally for forgetting every yeah, single time I, I watch your movies. I, yeah, I want to apologize too that you had the misfortune of being cast in this movie. Uh, wrong, wrong. He he was a great, great addition to the Assassin's Creed canon. Well, I mean, that's okay that that's your opinion, but I that movie was not very good. I thought it was splendid. I, I mean, not like splendid, but I thought it was like a, an entertaining watch. And you know, I when you were watching it. When I was watching it, it was fun to see all your favorite assassins be on the screen at the same time and how right. he's connected to all of them through this new and far more dangerous animus. Right. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a clever twist on our classic video game. And I, I mean, actually did a good job. I can see it being, being a decent TV show. I can see that. that. Right. I think so. But it, it would have to have very high production value. Like, 
almost on levels of the Mandalorian or the Witcher. That's the only way it's going to work. Well, no, I would have to. I mean, you'd have to have a very key special effects for the um, pieces of Eden, and then you'd have to have very skilled either stunt doubles or actors to pull off coordination and choreography of such nature that is lethal in both viewing and on set. I think that if they really want to be successful, don't lean too much into the pieces of Eden. Like, yeah, it needs to be there, but it, cause that was kind of the, what towards the end of the uh, Desmond miles era. I mean, that was kind of the thing that made it like, okay, uh, this is almost too much with the pieces of Eden. I mean, I think they need to focus more on the historical elements of it. And then, yeah, have the pieces of Eden sprinkled in. Like not, but not the other way around. Right. Because it's more a fight of good versus evil rather than, oh, hey, here's the giant sword that glows, creates lightning out of thin air that you can use to just level a nation. Right. Exactly. I think that another video game that would be an amazing TV show would be Red Dead Redemption. I mean, that whole franchise, Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, there's, I know that the Western genre is a thing and that people have been making these movies forever, but really, I mean, just have Arthur Morgan and his journey be a TV show. People would eat that up. I would eat it up. I would, I I, I would watch the game knows how much of a joy that would be to see on screen. Oh man. It'd be so much it it would be so much fun just to sit there and watch Arthur Morgan go through this journey, like knowing what's gonna happen. It'd be so frustrating to know that Micah is going to betray everybody. Well, you know but, what? I think this is so interesting because when you describe what should be a movie or a video game, you pick the plot from the video game. Oh yeah. That's what I want to say. You want to see, but you've already done it. I know. Why not, I want to see it. Why not, uh, why not look at Jack Marston? What happens to him? Because, well, that would be cool too. That that would be cool too. Don't get me wrong. But I just, I, I, I have a thing for, I want to see live action actors pull off, pull it off. I just want to see them pull it off. I'm more of a, okay, I know this part of the story, and I know this part of the story, but what happens before and after and in between? Like, right. I want to know about the, and the Vanderlyn gang before Micah. Uh, yeah, I no, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I want to see that stuff, too. I'm just thinking about what, what can best be translated from a video game to a TV show or movie. That's what I'm thinking well, about. Well, The Witcher isn't even part of The Witcher 3. You know that, right? Yeah. No, I do know that. That's just the the realm that I'm thinking about it. Okay. Right. Uh, so for our next segment, uh, we this is the... Everything that you're listening to right now is a working title. So this may change. It may stay the same, but it may change. Um, we have what's called a wheel of argument and we have listed out 20 different things. So they can be a character, they can be an object, they can be a location, 
they can be uh, an idea. Um, but we have 20 of them. So Gavin is going to roll a D20 yep. for me and then for him. And we each get one of these things and we have to defend them against the, the other person's thing. So right. Gavin, let, I, I, let I don't want to list them out because we might reuse them. So that, that's okay. Um, let me know when you're ready. I'm going to roll yours first and then I'm going to roll mine. Okay. Ready? All right. I think, I think I'm ready. You think you're ready? I need you to be ready. I, I'm ready. All right. My body is ready. Ugh, gross. All right. All right. We got, we got seven. You got seven. All right. Seven is Nathan Drake. <laughs> okay. Hang on. Hang on. Ready? <laughs> All yeah. right. I got, I got 11, which seems to be my map ever since the D and D. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. 11 is Nathan Drake. Sorry. No, seven is Nathan Drake and 11 is John Marston. Shit. I know. I feel like we should almost switch, but we should go with it. Just go with it. Uh, I'm going to. Okay. I, I might cry. <clears throat> All right. Hey, okay. I'll tell you what. Roll it one more time. Odds, I go first. Evens, you go first. All right. Damn it. What? It was a four. You go first. Damn. All right. All right. How, let me have it. How is John Marston better than Nathan Drake? And there's also. only one game you really get to play as John Marston. John John Marston is a much more complex character than Nathan Drake is. And don't get me wrong, because I love Nathan Drake. I love Nathan Drake. That's not going to help your argument. No, no, no. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna show courtesy to Nathan Drake <laughs> where it's due, but then I'm also okay. going to show that Nathan is not as well equipped as John Marston is. So let's start off with the basics. John Marston, first off, first and foremost, he's a wanted man. He's a wanted man from the law. He knows how to survive and what it takes to be out in the wilderness, to be with the lawless. He knows his way around the prairies and the desert. He can, he can easily outlast Nathan Drake if he needed to. And then a weapons master, easily. He knows how to use a rolling back rifle at a greater distance than normally regulated. I mean, okay. There are some downsides, but they end up being positives as well. Like, okay, John can't swim because his bones are too heavy. (laughs) But you know what? You know what that did for him in the end at the very last minutes of his life? Didn't save him from getting shot. No, it didn't save him from getting shot. But however, he took 50 rounds of lead and iron and didn't fall. He stood and he walked a little bit before he died. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The man was damn near invincible. I mean, that is true. I've definitely gotten shot more times playing John Marsden than I have Nathan Drake, but I think yes, I might when you get better at Uncharted. 
Listen, when you get shot as Nathan Drake, you've got to like hide and cower for like a minute. As John Marston, <laughs> if you're if you're not on your feet shooting back and you're not eating those cans of beans with the whiskey and the guarma rum, you're screwed. Right. So is that your argument? Yeah, better shooter, okay. better survivalist. Um, uh, I will give swimming to Nathan Drake. That's the only thing he gets from me right now. Okay. So Nathan Drake would definitely would would definitely out survive John Marston. I mean, that's that's essentially why he's better. You forget Uncharted. Nathan Drake is a survivalist treasure hunter who goes out to all of these different environments. And like you argue that John Marston is better on the prairie and like the, like the heartlands, but Nathan Drake is better in every single environment that he's in. It doesn't matter if it's flat mountainous water. I mean, definitely if it's water, give it to Nathan Drake because John Marston is going to die. No question. Guaranteed. Guaranteed death. I I, I already gave him swimming. He gets swimming. He can have the oceans. And and also, like, Nathan Drake is the best character in the Uncharted games. I mean, Sully is a close second, but Nathan Drake is definitely, like, like up there. You do realize playing as Nathan Drake, so naturally you feel an affinity to him. Well, of course. But let me finish. Nathan Drake is also a complex character. I mean, his relationships, you know, past and present, but both with, you know, the women in his life and his brother and Sully and the situations that he gets himself into. I mean, there's complexity and there's depth to that, especially in in Uncharted 4, when we are kind of going through younger Nathan Drake, when he's in the when he's in the orphanage and all this stuff. I mean, that's complexity. That's what that is. Okay. I had one more. Gosh, I had one more. It was good. Was it swimming? Because we already covered that. No, we already covered swimming. We get oh, it. Yeah. Nathan Drake. Yeah. No, John Marston isn't even the best character in his franchise. Whoa, now. That's true. Words. Arthur Morgan is 10 times better than John Marston. I, I play Arthur Morgan, and I'm like, who is... Who the hell is John Marston? Who cares? Who cares about John Marston? Did you not play the first one? I did. I played it beginning to end, and then I played it again before Red Dead Redemption Two came out. But Arthur Morgan would... is Arthur Morgan is so much better than John Marston. I I can't even begin to tell you. And okay, Red and Red Dead Redemption Two. John Marston isn't even the best in like besides Arthur Morgan isn't even the best in the gang. I mean Hosea Lenny. Definitely better than John Marston. So I, that's why I think Nathan Drake is better than John Marston. is because he is the best in his game. How could John Marston beat Nathan Drake if he's not even the best in his own game? Well, uh, this is how. Probably because Rockstar changed the main character. Also, not even looking at the protagonist that you play as, let's be real, the the real best character in the Red Dead franchise is Sadie. It's Sadie Adler. She's... Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if she's the main character. 
no, no, no. I said be- I meant best. I meant best oh. character. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. Sadie's a baller. She's not better than Lenny, but she's a baller. Oh, what about Charles? Charles is a baller, too. No, Charles is an asshole. Wait, no. No, he's not. Charles is the Native American. Yeah, the Native American black man. Yes, sorry. I was thinking of Javier. Oh, I, I don't know I, why. I, I, I liked Javier in Red Dead Redemption, too. Yeah, he wasn't a dick. <laughs> true. I mean, that is a true. That is a fair. Actually, fair he point. wasn't as much as he was in the first one. <laughs> I mean, towards the end, he definitely got there. Well, yeah, because the Vanderlyn game fell apart. Dutch's yeah. plan was absolute trash. His plan was that they needed more money. Tahiti! <laughs> right. Well, I don't know who won. You decide who won, audience members. So It's a, it's a tie. It, it's a tie until we get audience members that listen to the podcast and tell us who won, even though we all know in our hearts that Nathan Drake is better than John Marston. All right, audience, that concludes our show for this week. We want to thank you for listening to us. We appreciate your choice in podcasting, and we will be ne- we will be back next week with another brilliant show for you. That's good. That sounds that's solid. <laughs>